When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. gather this morning in hope. See, we celebrate the first advent of Jesus, but we live in hope of the next advent. And so today, we welcome you to worship at First Baptist Clinton. We are glad that you're here this morning. If you're a guest in the room today, thank you for choosing to worship with us. You'll find a connection card. Just fill it out and we worship through giving at the end of our worship. So the ushers will be at the at the door with the offering plate just drop it in the plate uh, as you go out if you join us online uh, just text new to fbc to 97000 or if you're in the room you may do that as well Um, also we are a praying people the slip of paper has opportunity for you to share prayer requests with us and so let me encourage you to share those uh, prayer requests today Um, again just place them in the offering plate or go to um, our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, and post your prayer request on the prayer wall. And while you're there, you can pray for others who have posted uh, on the prayer wall as well. I'm glad you're here today as we worship in anticipation of one who came and is coming again. Let's stand together and sing it. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
morning. We are celebrating our Advent theme of hope. And uh, I thought that this season we would read from a passage in Isaiah every Sunday, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. You will recognize these words as Jesus said them in Luke. And uh, so I thought, let's just settle in on these. And while we read, uh, we're going to light our Advent candle of hope. So read aloud with me, please. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Okay, God is good. And all the time. Okay, I got to say three letters, and you have to remember this and go home. Uh, (laughs) F-B-R. F-B-R. Go find a documentary movie called Free Burma Rangers, and you'll be so excited about what God's doing with missionaries of people of the Lord. Uh, let's pray. Lord, you're an awesome God, and you tell us to come joyfully, praising loudly, being excited about being in your house and praising you, Lord. We thank you for everything. We just thank you. We thank you for this church. We thank you for your forgiveness where we fail you. We're an emergency room, but we're having a good time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your names we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this uh, great Christmas carol, O Holy Night, we sing frequently in every Christmas season, has a phrase in it that I want us to just ponder a little bit this morning. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You think about, if you all have been following, everybody follows the news to some extent, our world is weary, weary of COVID, weary of violence. Um, and what hope we have in Jesus, and we, uh, we can rejoice. This, the theme for this morning is not joy, but we have joy because we have hope. Let's sing together.
Stand back up and read aloud together our psalm. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the demands of his covenant. Psalm 25, 1 through 10. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, 
gospel reading this morning is from Luke chapter 21. Let's read aloud. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity, the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in cloud in great, great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Luke 21, 25 through 36. Stand against us if our God is 
always the season of thanksgiving, right? So let me just give a word of thanks this morning. Um, many of you packed a shoebox. Uh, many of you helped pack shoeboxes into cartons. And so this last week, uh, we shipped all of the shoeboxes uh, to Boone, to, to Boone, North Carolina. Um, First Baptist Clinton sent 572 boxes. Thank you. Next year, 600. You have 572. That's pretty close, but 600 next year. And onto the, onto the trucks, we loaded 13,414 shoeboxes in the carton. So that's from the region. So yeah, God, yeah, God for for those uh, today. Yeah, and also I, I want this morning to just express appreciation to uh, um, Joe and Tricia Hilty. Twenty years. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. But you know, there's a big one coming, right? So today. I want to say thank you to Dell and Jackie Dickey for role modeling for us a long-term marriage of 56 years. Thank you, guys. Yeah. We need long-timers to keep us going, right? So... Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, today is our day to pray for the Missouri Baptist Children's Home Ministries. And so as you're thinking about and praying for Children's Home and all the work that Baptists do all over the state of Missouri to benefit uh, children, and it's not just children, it's, it, it's far more reaching than, than just children, uh, but I just want you to pray and this is specifically related to the work of the Baptist home. We have a huge need in Clinton, Missouri, for foster parents who are willing to help teenagers. Everybody wants babies. Everybody, lots of people open their homes and their arms to babies. But our great need in our community is foster parents for teenagers. So I'll just throw that out there and invite you to pray over the foster care need for teenagers in our community as you're praying for the, the Baptist home, the work of the Baptist home uh, to, throughout the, the course of today. Each year at this season, I like to go to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering theme. And 
develop our series of sermons for Advent from the Lottie Moon theme. And when I started looking at it, this year's theme is a repeat from last year, one word different. And I thought, I said all that last year. So I have to come up with something different. So this year, I want you to be praying beginning now for our Lottie Moon's ministry, the, the, the ministry of our International Mission Board, supported by Lottie Moon Christmas offering and through Acts 1-8 and through the budget, we'll be making a significant contribution to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. I don't know exactly what that number is going to be. Uh, it'll be a bunch. And when we figure out what it's going to be, we'll announce it. But right now, the important thing is to, is to pray for our international missions and our international missionaries. And so I, I want us to not just have a week of prayer, but I want us to have a whole Advent season of prayer for our international missionaries and, and just invite you and challenge you to, to pray for them. With that being said, I, I began to look at three passages of Scripture, and they all have a common theme. And so our Advent theme for the sermons this year is um, the promise. You know, God, God has given us a tremendous, tremendous promise. And the Advent season calls attention to his, his promise of Jesus who would come as Messiah, but it also calls attention to, to his promise, the promise Jesus gave us, he would come again. And so this morning we'll look at Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 through 16, at David's righteous branch. And, and to set this up, let me just remind you of Jeremiah's assignment See, the Lord called Jeremiah. He was a young person at the time of his call, and Jeremiah recorded it this way. Then the Lord reached out his hand, and he touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. That's, wow, what an assignment. If you just stop there, I've today appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down. Oops. <laughs> to destroy and overflow, or overthrow. Who's ready to sign up for this assignment? See. To build and to plant. It does get better. There is hope. So Jeremiah received this assignment in, in a, a threefold aspect of it. And he goes to Israel and, and he, he carries out the message. It is a message that's a tough message. It's a hard message. But in, in chapters 30 through 33, it's called the... Jeremiah's book of consolation, he casts a vision of hope. A vision of hope 
for exiled people, a vision of hope for people who were living in fear, a vision of hope for people who were under the thumb of slavery, a vision of hope he casts for us and, and, and for them and for us. And his vision of hope is a messianic hope. It's a hope of one who would come. He would come in the, in the lineage of David. Though the kings in David's line, they, most of them failed. And so this is, doesn't start off to be too encouraging, right? Occasionally, however, one such as Josiah would follow in David's steps. However, most of them were like Jehoiakim, Josiah's second son, who did evil in the eyes of the Lord his God. And so God determined to provide his own ruler from, the, from David's dynasty, who would, be, who, who would be called the Messiah, the anointed one. The promise is given in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 through 6. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This, this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord, our righteous Savior. David's, David's line became like a tree which was cut down, leaving only a stump. But from this stump, God would bring forth a shoot, a sprig, which would, which would fulfill all of, of God's vision for his, the ideals of his kingship. In Jeremiah chapter 33, Verses 15, uh, 14 through 16, we, re we read, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout out of David's line, and he will do what is just and right in the land. In those days... Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will be, live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. The good promise from a good and gracious covenant-making God is threefold when we look at this text. David's David's righteous branch is characterized by goodness and graciousness. <laughs> you know, Eric started us off by saying God is good all the time. All the time. Good. God is good. The, the, and this one true God whose story of redemptive action is written through the pages of the Bible has the capacity 
to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. This is his graciousness. And certainly when you read the Old Testament and the story of Israel, you would think it would be really easy for God to just obliterate them and start over again. Well, you know, when I look around, I think, oh, maybe we're not that far from them. But he's gracious. He's gracious. And he, and he, he just, he continues to forgive and forgive and to bless. And he, he deals with our rebellion in this gracious, gracious way. The Old Testament in general and the Messianic promises specifically anticipate this full expression of of graciousness that we find in the New Testament where God comes to us and he, he, he lives among us and he demonstrates both his goodness and his graciousness to us. David's, David, this promised branch is an exact match to the promise maker who's revealed early in the Old Testament as compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to, to thousands, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. As Moses reminded us in Exodus chapter 34, you see... In this season of Advent, we, we anticipate and we live in hope of one who is, who is to come, who is an exact match of the goodness and the graciousness of God. And David's righteous branch reigns with justice and righteousness. See, you look at the kings, they are a, the, even, the, even the good ones have their flaws. See, all the way through, even David. David, even though he was a man after God's own heart, commits some of the most detestable sins of the scriptures. And, and the kings, the, the kings were, were horrible. And and, and God, God offers a, a glimmer of hope when he announces out of this stump, out of this stump will, will grow up a branch. And, and this branch from David's line will, will reign with justice and righteousness, something they've never seen before. A king who rules with, with justice and righteousness. The, the rule and reign of the promised branch, unlike most of David's line, will be, will be just. His, his behavior will be reflective of the 
of the character of God. And his behavior before God will be correct. He will be righteous. He will, he will not be one who rules for power. He will not be one who rules for self-advancement. He will be one who rules with justice and righteousness. And this righteous reign of the promised branch is an exact match to the inner integrity of the of the Messiah himself and 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 of ultimately of God who is the who is the creator of the universe and the father of all of us and David's righteous branch promises deliverance and safety the the people are in exile. They've been carried away to Babylon because of their sinfulness. And you know, even though God is gracious, he does come to a point where he exercises his judgment upon his people. And they are in bondage, in exile, under the, under the, the rule of the Babylonians at the time and, and he comes to them with this word of hope. It's a, it's a word of, of salvation. It's a word of, of deliverance. And the interesting thing about this book of consolation, verses chapters 30 through 33, is that it follows 29. And 29 tells them, Build houses and have babies. You're going to be here for a long time. This is not getting any better. But then Jeremiah comes with a word of hope from God. And, and he says to them that this hope of deliverance from the exile and safety is birthed in Judah and Jerusalem through the promised branch. No no other king in David's line could engender hope. But now, now Jeremiah is offering, offering the announcement of a branch. A branch who's coming off the stump of Jesse. In the lineage of David, a branch who would bring hope, hope to people then and hope to people now. And the hope, of, the hope of Israel, inspired by this promised branch, is an exact match to our hope today. And you see, there's not a lot in our world to inspire hope. But Jeremiah's promise, the good promise of God, of a branch 
coming off the shoot of Jesse, the, the stump of Jesse would inspire hope in them and can inspire hope in us as well. The promise given to David through was first given to David through Nathan the prophet. When in 2 Samuel we read, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up for your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood, I will establish his kingdom. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And Jeremiah is announcing the word of the prophet Nathan to David is coming. It's coming true. In the middle of the night, centuries later, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and gave these words to her. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, Mary heard these words. It hadn't yet come. It's an advent. It's an anticipation. It's an expectation. So important is this promise. Yahweh signs his name to it. The Lord, our righteous Savior. The meaning of this title is no small deal. In chapter, in Jeremiah 33, 16, it says, it reminds us that the righteousness found in restored, cleansed, purified, forgiven, and redeemed people is the same as the, as the new and final messianic king. The Lord, our righteous Savior, reproduces himself, his character, his reign, his promise in our lives so that as we yield to him, we can anticipate someday, not in this lifetime, but someday we too will be an exact match to who Jesus is. We don't become gods. Let me make that clear. But in character, we become an exact match to Jesus. This is our hope. This is our hope. But it doesn't have to wait until then. Because the work of the Holy Spirit in you and me is daily transforming my life and your life 
into the likeness and the image of Jesus. And while we'll never be perfect every day, we can live a little more like Jesus every day. Our lives can be filled with hope because the Lord, our righteous Savior, is coming. This is a good promise to all who believe. Do you believe? Many are nodding their heads. Yes, I believe. And you may be here this morning and, and you've not come to the place yet where you believe the promise of God today you can step into life at its best now and a life that lasts forever as you place your belief and trust in Jesus Christ, David's righteous branch. You can trust him now with your life. So this morning, we're going to sing in just a moment, and when we sing, if you'll come, and share with me here at the front your desire to, to acknowledge your belief in Jesus. The Bible tells us that if we, can, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that's not just the resurrection, it's the whole Jesus story that culminates in the resurrection of Jesus. I believe, it says if I believe the resurrection and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I'll be saved, I'll be delivered, I'll be set free, I'll be forgiven, put whatever, redeemed, whatever word you need to use there. Realize when you take this step, you move from death to sin into life with Jesus. So this morning, we, we invite you to this hope we have in Christ if you're here today as a believer, you're looking for a church home, we'd welcome members at this time. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us. If you join us online this morning, just click the I Want Jesus in My Life button on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church. Or you may call or text me at 660-890-4150. We want you to respond. We want you to receive the gift of hope that comes through David's righteous branch. We stand together and sing this morning. If you have a decision you need to share publicly with us in the room, we welcome you to come to the front now and share it with us today. Either to unite with our church, confess Jesus, come kneel and pray. Whatever God's doing in your life, just now's the time for your experience.